Hey everybody, producer Ryan here. Just a reminder that if you're a fan of the show, go ahead and rate and review us in iTunes. It would really help us out a lot. Also, if you're not already following us, uh, follow us at PYHT Show on Twitter and Facebook. And follow Cameron while you're at it at Cameron Esposito. Thanks. Enjoy the show. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. What's up, everybody? Thanks for coming out to the UCB. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Please drop your cell phones. Please put your hands together for your host, Cameron Esposito. What's up, guys? How are you doing? How's everybody doing tonight? Let's hear it for you. It's a Tuesday, and you're here at the UCB Theater just like you always are, and you're here for Put Your Hands Together, which is the show you're at. So you, you nailed it. Right out of the gate, you already did great. You did a great job. You did a great... You did great. Everybody here did... Pretty good, yeah. Oh, I threw you off. You said great, but at the end... Sick. I know, I know. I'm good at my job. Yeah. That's a cool Futurama t-shirt. Yeah. Like old-timey Mickey, kind of a Futurama sort of a thing going on. That's rad. You're welcome. How was your day? What? You you like the t-shirt? No, the day. You liked your day? Such a weird answer. But, like, a cool answer. That was a cool answer. That was, like, Borat-level English as a second language answer. I said it for a reason. Yeah. Is English your second language? No. Nope, you're a confusing dude. <laughs> this guy. Let's hear for this guy. I'm happy you're here. Uh, awesome. That's great. I'm Cameron Esposito. I'll be your host. And so, yes, that's very fun as well. Great to see a lot of you. A lot of familiar faces. Lovely to see you. Happy you're here. Uh, those of you that are new to the show, exciting. We have so much great stand-up on the show. It's also a podcast. So isn't that kind of... Look at... You're part of history. You're part of history. And if you listen, we do have a, a way... Uh, my co-producer, Ryan, has a way of specifically editing out everybody else's laughs. And then we can read your IP address, and then we match that up with a fingerprint that you didn't even know you gave when you came in. So when you listen back, it's just you laughing at us. So I know you thought you came to the show, and you're like, ah, I've already seen it, but it's kind of an interesting, like... You know, it's like a very personal experience. If you want to go ahead and take that on. And if you weren't at the show, we just, we assume what kind of laugher you would be based on uh, the things you've recently watched on Netflix. So it's kind of the next level of network of uh, Netflix algorithm programming. I don't know if you guys know that they did the kind of House of Cards. This is kind of, the, this is like the next level of that where we anticipate, you know, oh, you know, she's going to be like a kind of a ha, you know, like that kind of a person. Or maybe, uh, maybe arms crossed. Maybe arms crossed, but, a, but silent agreement. <laughs> Which is the toughest audience member, I will say that, because they're the most intimidating as a comic, because you can see the agreement in their eyes, but then the arms crossed, you feel like there's a fight there. But if they would just bring the fight to you, you could de-escalate the situation. You know what I mean? It's like the, it's a friendly, 
Heckle. Okay. Well, we've got a great show tonight, and I'm uh, pretty obviously in, in kind of a weird mood. <laughs> Based on the way I started the show. But I, not in a bad, not in a bad uh, mood, just kind of in a, like a weird headspace, just trying to adjust to you guys and see that you're here. It's okay if you have to move your chair because you're uncomfy. I feel like you got stressed out. Just move your chair. It's okay. Yeah, you're right at the end. Well, scoot your chair over. I think, I think, you can, I think that's not attached. And the, the world is your own oyster. And you know, look at that. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> you guys didn't know I could arch. You're like, lesbians can't arch. We can arch. <laughs> that's like one of the first things I learned. I've only been to a strip club twice in my life, but one of the first things I learned when going in there was like, it's not so much that their bodies are amazing, it's that those women know how the fuck to hold their bodies. I don't know if you've ever been to a strip club, but they've got great bods, but they also know how to arch. They gotta, they're making their asses higher than they are. So uh, any women here, just, just so you know, you just tape that up. It's, I feel like it's half tape. <laughs> half yoga. What an explosion of a Twitter week we are meeting each other on. I cannot believe what happened on Game of Thrones. Just kidding, I didn't even see it, but I didn't even see it this week. I just know that I shouldn't look at Twitter, actually, for a while. How could Michael Douglas... I wanted to hear more about Michael Douglas, but I hadn't seen a Game of Thrones yet. So I knew I had to stay off, but I wanted to hear about what he had to say. What a, what a crazy... Okay, so on... So it's Tuesday now that we're taping this. And on Saturday, I went to a friend's house and we watched a double feature of Magic Mike and Behind the Candelabra. This was me and my girlfriend and all a bunch of straight men. So it was amazing. Magic Mike, better than I thought it would be. Much better than I thought it would be. Uh, Channing Tatum certainly can dance. Uh... Full stop on that. Um, <laughs> homeboy can dance. Really stressed out about how bad Matthew McConaughey's pants must smell in that movie also. <laughs> if you've seen that movie, he's wearing one pair of pants. They're made from cow flesh. They're leather pants. He's sweating. Just 40 years worth of struggle <laughs> to keep those David muscles <laughs> into one pair of pants. And I'm not even talking about his character. I'm talking about the actual pants that he wore on set for like five and a half months. <laughs> Those are smelly. Uh, but anyway, Behind the Candelabra, who here saw it? Clap if you saw that movie. Oh, less than should have. Now I chastise you, but in a friendly way. Find a friend that has HBO and, uh, or... Uh, Hey, I don't know who your lives, maybe you're rich. Go to your own houses. <laughs> and turn on HBO. That's where I am in my life. I'm like, assuming that you can't afford HBO, make a friend. Maybe you can afford HBO. Uh, turn on your TV and watch that movie. That movie is fantastic. That movie is really sad and uh, scary and tough and also like awesome. And uh, I was watching that going like, this is 
the role of Michael Douglas's career. Like, he's amazing in that movie. He's amazing, because that movie's a lot about... There's a lot about um, uh, closeting going on in that movie and, and how tough it is uh, to try and be appealing to a mass audience uh, when you're a homosexual. I could relate <laughs> to what he was talking about. And I also thought that Michael Douglas was fantastic. And then I went to bed. Like, I went to, like, so I watched Behind the Candelabra and then went to bed. And then the next morning, cunnilingus. <laughs> not, not for me. Um, or, or was there? No, I mean, the next morning, like, I don't know. I just think, well, first of all, there's, oh, there's a couple interesting things happening with this. Uh, number one, I'm actually pretty proud of him that he, like, said that, he, that uh, his throat cancer was caused by HPV we should be talking about this. We should be talking about HPV. It's a, it's cure. We have a vaccine and we, and we can just cure it. Uh, but we don't, we're too stressed out to talk to kids about sex, uh, which is shocking because like, first of all, kids came from sex and I understand that you don't want to sexualize kids, but they're going to have sex eventually. And I feel like as a country, sometimes we, we, um, like we favor pretending that sex in general doesn't, doesn't exist as a way of, preventing pregnancy and sexually transmitted diseases. And that is a crazy way of doing that. Like, that's like, if somebody is going into battle, as all sexual situations are, if somebody is going into battle, you give them a shield. You don't just say, ah, duck. I'm not saying you don't use ducking, like use ducking. Work ducking in as well, but you should have the shield. Do you know what I'm saying? Ducking and shield. This is a perfect metaphor. So I just feel like we should be doing both of that, those, those things for our kids. You know, we should be telling them like, hey, you know, uh, there are a lot of ways to, to stay safe. And, uh, and one of them is, I'm sorry you're going to understand that a lot later, but I have to go take you to the doctor and give you this injection that you're going to be so stoked I gave you later. And here, watch this behind the candelabra. This dude, uh, be, this is all related. I can't tell you how yet. <laughs> From Conalingus, I'm proud of him that he said it. Proud of him that he said it. I also love that uh, after that, speaking of Twitter, there was like a huge like, well... Too bad eating pussies over. That was every comic was tweeting that. To which I say, like, I don't know if you know any comics, but comics do smoke. <laughs> like a lot. <laughs> Feels like maybe you just don't want to eat pussy. <laughs> it's the best carcinogen. Hands down. Smoking keeps me thin, Cameron. Well, apparently you're not eating enough pussy. Cause... <laughs> Stay pretty fit, pretty fit on that as well. <laughs> so, are we agreed on that? Let's all we'll vaccinate our kids. Okay, everybody here's gonna vaccinate their kids that you don't have yet. You might have kids. Maybe you have kids at home watching HBO. But I assume that you're poor and childless. And so that's, uh, I'm happy that you're here tonight. Uh, also, we got a great show. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get uh, it started right now 
with a friend of the show he's been on before. We love him so much. He's got an awesome album out through a special thing records uh, called Tendrils of Ruin. Guys, let's hear it right now for Mr. Dan Telfer. Give it up for Dan. Come on. Hi. Oh, my God. The Michael Douglas jokes on Twitter. Jesus fucking Christ. I am so, ugh. It's just so fucking predictable. Yeah, like, you know what? Reading, like, comedians' tweets about Michael Douglas is a great reminder of which of your friends are just learning basic information about STDs, like shit you learned when you were 14 years old. Yeah, no fucking shit. Nice, like, 20-year-old shock value. More like the human Pavlovian virus, right, everybody? Ugh. But yeah, I, uh, I had a, a big health scare a couple of weeks ago, uh, so much so that I'm not even kidding. Uh, <laughs> and I haven't figured out how to put it into comedy yet, but it's had me think about the fact that like, I've had a lot of like, near misses in my life. Um, and in particular, I've been mugged like a bunch. <laughs> Uh, and I'm really lucky, yeah. <laughs> so I'm just like, Jesus, please let this not continue down the path. I'm worried it's going to. This is where uh, the podcast listeners won't appreciate, but I'm going to show you all my stab wounds. Um, just really quietly and, and pensively. And then I'm going to leave the stage. <laughs> How great would that be? I have seven minutes. I just spend the whole thing just like... <sighs> <laughs> Maybe this will mean something theatrically. Um, but yeah, like I, uh, the first time I got mugged, um, you know, I was, uh, I, I grew up in Chicago and I lived there my whole life. I only moved here to LA in January. Um, and thank you for your Wii U. Um, no, thank you. I like the Wii U. I appreciate it. Do I know you? No. Okay, well, then thank you for being happy that I live here now. Hooray for us. Uh, so, like, when I was walking around at night, I was a pretty big target, just because I'm kind of gangly and uh, effeminate and, and just whatever. Like, I'm not even that effeminate, right? I just, I slouch, and I have no strength. Um, <laughs> and I'm 6'5", so I just, like, you see the gangliness coming from a long way away. Like, so I was walking uh, near uh, Wrigley Field in the middle of the night, and this guy jumps out of an alley in front of me. And I had just seen the movie Mulholland Drive. I don't know if any of you guys are familiar with that classic scene where a guy spends a whole movie freaking out that uh, a stinky bum caked in pee-pee is going to jump out. And then it happens, and then he dies of a heart attack. Uh, but but I, was, I watched it literally the night before. I stayed up till 3 in the morning, regretted it. Uh, and then I'm walking, and this guy, this bum, runs out of alley and goes, Give me your money! And he was really close to me. So I decided I would push him away while yelping and running. So I'm like, help! And I like pushed him down. And as I was doing it, I, it, I felt like he was like one of those paper mache balloons. Like he just sort of crumpled. So like as I'm running away, I'm like, oh, this is really fucking depressing. And I'm like, help! And I run away, flailing my arms and legs for, like, a solid half a block. I'm so lucky there wasn't, like, an actual thug on his stoop when that happened. Because even if, even if he wasn't a thug, if you had any manhood at all, 
any like a friend there, they could have taken me, like they would have looked at me and just been like, we've never committed a crime before. We have to go mug this fucking guy. That was awful. Um, another time I got mugged by a homeless person. Um, and again, these, these mugging stories, I'm so lucky. Like I don't get hurt or lose money in any of these. Uh, but like... <laughs> It still feels like a mugging, you know what I mean? When somebody says, give me your money, you're not like, this doesn't count, you know? <laughs> but, like, I'm walking by this alley, and I see there's a guy way down the alley. Uh, but I'm like, you know, whatever. So I keep walking. And then from behind, he comes out of the alley and starts running towards me. And as I look over my shoulder, uh, he goes, give me your wallet. And, of course, I go, ha! Ah! And I run. <laughs> And I just book, because I'm parked nearby this time. So I book around the corner. This is Chicago. We use our legs there. So I go around this corner, and I get to my car. I'm like, oh, thank fucking God. So I unlock my car. I'm like, okay. And I get in my car. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay, I gotta start the car. I gotta start the car, right. Put it in reverse. Oh, shit, gotta put on my seatbelt. Oh, I should lock the car. Lock the car. Uh, okay, uh, where was I? Um, yeah, it's in reverse. Okay, I'll back up. Uh... I'll go forward. And as I'm going forward out of my parking spot, the guy finally rounds the corner. Like, he'd just been texting his wife, like, I'm doing it! <laughs> and I pull into the street, and he jumps on my car, like, on the driver's side window in the hood, like, halfway. And he goes, poof, 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 on the window. And he goes, roll down the window and give me your money! I'm like, no! I'm in my car now! I won! <laughs> um... And he's just like the saddest, like, you know, like John Cusack with no boombox in the street. Like, come back. <laughs> but then the, the, the craziest time, I was driving in the middle of the day. Those last two stories, middle of the night. Middle of the day, I'm driving down Damon, and it's like a Sunday. There's like all these grandparents with little kids, like in ice cream cones and shit. But this guy had been riding my ass for like three blocks. And just when I'm like, oh, I should pull over after this four-way stop and just let this guy pass me. He pulls around me. And in the middle of this intersection, parks diagonally, jumps out of his car, and he's got a gun. So my blood runs cold. I'm like, this is it. Holy shit. And just as I'm about to, you know, get out of the car, throw my keys at him, and run away screaming, uh, I notice his gun's got a little orange plastic nub <laughs> in the end of it. And it was amazing to have that feeling of going, like, from I'm going to die to I can do anything right now. <laughs> Because this guy was, he wa his plan was still to take everything from me. He wanted to ruin my credit, steal my car, leave me stranded, scare shit out of me. And so I look at him a little closer, and I realize he's sweating bullets, and he's this tiny little dude. He's like five foot tops, and he's just sweating. He's crazy eyeballs, so he's clearly high on drugs or something. So I'm like, I'm an actor. <laughs> so I get out of the car, and I walk up to him, and I just go, Are you fucking kidding me? I can and he goes, ah! and he runs in his car and drives away. However, I'm still mad at myself for how I handled that situation. Because I went to fucking theater school. I studied improv under Dell fucking Close. I should have, oh, oh my God. I, I am not a man of strength and threats. I should have used the whimsy that lives inside of me and just gone pew, pew and had a little mime gunfight with him. Like, hide behind the car. I could make little lasers bounce off of stop signs and shit. It would have been amazing. Pew, pew, ha, ha. Like, do a bunch of Michael Winslow shit. Until some grandfather would come over and be like, this is... 
could you please take your car out of the intersection? This is the worst improv everywhere I've ever seen. <laughs> Thanks so much, guys. Have a great night. Defeating people with fake guns everywhere. I was inspired. I felt like you guys were energized by his uh, bravery in that moment. I'm happy for you. <laughs> we're gonna keep the show right on rolling. This next, uh, this next gentleman, he's in from New York, where he runs a great show at the Ella Lounge. It's called Hot Soup. But you also might have seen him on MTV, which you, that would be uh, also on your. Uh, you could probably go to a friend's house, <laughs> and maybe they'd have like a. It's. Um, let me describe it to you. It's, uh, it's like a picture frame with little people are in there on a screen. I bet some of your friends have that. Someone just get really confused. Someone just said, what? What the fuck? I'm describing a TV. You're bad at, sh you're bad at uh, verbal charades. All comics are pretty good at verbal charades, but I'm like the champion of uh, verbal charades. <laughs> All right, guys, welcome to the stage, Mr. Matt Ruby. Come on, let's hear for Matt. Thank you, guys. You sound great. Thank you for being here. I love doing stand-up comedy. I, uh, I used to be in a band, though, and one thing I've learned is that doing comedy is a big downgrade with the ladies. Yeah. <laughs> Every girl's dream is to have a guy on stage singing a song just about her. Every girl's nightmare is to have a guy on stage telling a joke just about her. <laughs> Not nearly as good, you know? As a society, we just respect musicians more than comedians. And if you need proof of that, all you need to do is look at the Titanic. You know? The ship went down, the band kept playing. I was like, that was so noble. That was so brave. The band kept playing. Nobody would have said that if the ship comedian kept performing. <laughs> Just by the lifeboats doing crowd work. <laughs> nice vest you got there, buddy. Wow. Is that inflator? Was there a sale at JCPenney? Come on. Oh, is it cold here? Is there an iceberg nearby? Hello. Boy, oh, I'm dying here. <laughs> so are you. So are you. Uh, any couples meet through online dating here tonight? I smell a couple of okay cupid bisexuals here. I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure. No, but people are embarrassed to say that they met online, which I love because I tend to meet girls at bars, and that used to be the embarrassing thing to say. But not anymore, you know? Now people are like, where'd you two meet? At a bar. Ah, the old-fashioned way. How quaint. It's like, yeah, we were in the same room when we met. Wow. I think I saw that on Mad Men once. It's amazing. You know, but you got to be careful meeting people at bars. Strange stuff will happen. Like, uh, I'll tell you, well, something to know about me is that I always say the wrong thing. Uh, like, I was dating a girl, and I said this to her once. I said, you are the prettiest girl in America. <laughs> I thought being specific would help. It didn't, you know. She's like, you know, most people that are going to get that compliment would have said prettiest girl in the world. Now, at that point, I should have shut up. <laughs> Instead, I said... Oh, so my ridiculous lie wasn't a gross enough exaggeration for you? <laughs> so that's what I'm like. 
And what happened was I was at a bar, and I happened to mention to a girl that her glasses made her look like a librarian. Okay? And she's like, I know what you're doing. You're nagging me. It's like, what? She's like, you're nagging me. You're just saying something mean to me because you think it'll make me more attracted to you. I'm like, no, I say mean things to people all the time. <laughs> it's not an agenda. I'm just that way. I'm sorry. It's just the way I am. In fact, it's kind of egocentric of you to think that way. You're sort of a narcissist. Why don't you just get over yourself? And then she was really into me, so <laughs> that stuff works is my point, guys. But uh, yeah, you got to be careful at the bars. I was at a gay bar recently. Uh, I myself, I'm not gay. I'm probably what you would call a metrosexual, but I don't like that word because it makes it sound like you like to have sex with cities. <laughs> Strange. But uh, yeah, I'm at this gay bar. A woman approaches me, starts talking to me. It's a weird conversation. Then it got even weirder. After a few minutes, she's like, you know, my friends and I were talking about you. Would you mind growling at them a little bit? You know, just grr at them a little. That's what she said. Just grr at them a little. I'm like, why? She's like, well, you're a bear, aren't you? I was like, oh, uh, I'm not gay. <gasps> well, you should have told me that. Okay, this right here, this is a gay bar and stormed off as if I had done something wrong, which is not the case. She is clearly in the wrong here for a couple of reasons. First of all, she thinks that gay men who are bears actually act like bears. <laughs> like, that's the deal. Like, some guy just burst into the bedroom. He's like, Randy, I'm home, grr. I hope you stocked up on salmon, growl. You're gonna hibernate in your ass, grr. Not the deal. And also, you can't just walk up to people in a minority group and ask them to act out your stereotype of what that group does. That's not all right. Can you imagine her doing this to another group? You know, just walking around the city, tapping some guy on the shoulder, and be like, excuse me, you're Chinese. Would you mind banging this gong for me? Uh, actually, I'm Korean. <gasps> you should have told me that. <laughs> this right here, this is Chinatown. So I've got a lot of diseases, <laughs> a lot of those. Uh, I've got the I can't pay attention disease, you know, ADD. I've got the I pay too much attention disease, depression. Because <laughs> depression, that's just what we call people who understand what's happening now, right? <laughs> it's like, wow, what's wrong with that guy? Him? Oh, he's really put it all together. <laughs> yeah, he's got a severe case of connecting the dots. <laughs> Don't catch it. I just don't believe everything's a disorder. Like seasonal affective disorder, that's your disease? You don't like winter? And you spell it S-A-D? That's like some little kid stuff. Like, I don't like it when it's cold and dark. I have sad. It's like being like, I don't like it when I'm broke. I have frowny face. You know, I just think it's the pharmaceutical companies trying to trick us into buying their products that we don't need, you know? Because have you noticed they never actually cure anything? It's never a pill that solves it. It's always a subscription plan, you know? You've got to pay for the rest of your life, you know? Imagine some other business that worked that way. Some plumber who's like, yeah, I can't fix your leaky faucet, but I can hang a curtain in front of it so you don't notice your faucet is leaking. And I'm going to charge you $90 a month for the rest of your life for that. And by the way, you can't get erections anymore. I'm a very strange plumber. Did I mention that? But yeah, I'm a Jew. I'm a big old Jew. <laughs> don't really, I don't really celebrate, you know, the holidays, though, much. Like, I don't do Hanukkah, because I feel like it reinforces a lot of negative stereotypes about Jews. 
For example, how do we like our chocolate? Oh, you know, shaped like gold coins. <laughs> what do we think is delicious? Gold. <laughs> you know, the whole premise of the holiday is like that. It's like, oh, we only bought enough oil for one night and it lasted for eight. What a bargain. <laughs> we should make it a holiday. It's like that time we filled the liquid soap dispenser with water and it lasted an extra three months. It was a miracle! It's a festival of soap! All right, you guys have been great. I'm Matt Ruby. Thanks so much. Guys, Matt Ruby, let him hear it! Yes! I have no idea why I was just thinking about this, but... uh, I don't even know what it was in Matt's set. So I want to... All right, an ex... I was dating this gal, and then we broke up. Kind of an amicable breakup, too. Like, we were still pretty much okay with each other, I feel like. And then she started dating another chick. This is, like, a bunch of years ago, um, and I had just started doing comedy. And uh, the chick that she started dating, my ex's then-current girlfriend... uh, found like the first video of me ever doing stand-up that was like probably on my MySpace page. <laughs> and, uh, and liked it, seemingly. Uh, so much so that she created a fake Wikipedia page. Not a fake, a real Wikipedia page. <laughs> but like about me as a comic. But I'd been doing, I was like an open mic level comic at the time so there was nothing to put on the it just said like where I went to high school (laughs) there was like a picture that was like really like probably uh, from like maybe my 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 hometown newspaper when I'd won like a like a trophy for something (laughs) like a Wow, I really want to tell an unrelated story, which is that the other time, the one time I won a trophy in my hometown was that there's a pet parade in my hometown. It's a parade of pets. And when I was a child, uh, I was in this pet parade with my older sister, and we won a trophy, and this is what our, per- this is what our costume was. You have to dress your pet up as a, in a costume, and then you might win a trophy. This is what we won a trophy for. My older sister and I, we were very small children, we were both statues of liberty. There were two statues of liberty. And then we had a rabbit which we put in a radio flyer, and then my parents taped a construction paper to look like a boat to the sides of the radio flyer, and then the rabbit was an immigrant. (laughs) And when you grow up in the suburbs in the 80s, (laughs) that is like a very relevant political statement. So relevant, they give you a trophy. (laughs) Two statues of liberty and an immigrant rabbit? Yes! (laughs) That rabbit better speak English. (laughs) Because we had to. We came here from Italy, uh, they said, all the people in that town. So there's probably a picture from that or something. Anyway, really, like, super weird Wikipedia page. It said, like, where I went to high school and, like, what I studied in college. And then, like, she also does open mics. Like, it was a very, it was weird. It was also really long. Like, every detail that made no sense. And then, a, like, a bizarre, out-of-focus picture. And uh, 
I didn't even have a website at the time. So if you, if you Googled my name, the first thing that came up was this Wikipedia page. And I just kind of left it up for a while because I was like, well, maybe it makes me seem relevant. And then the second thing down was uh, my MySpace. So, the, so anyway, Wikipedia patrols itself. And somebody that works for Wikipedia found this like bullshit immigrant rabbit or something similar page and was like, I don't think this is a thing. And they flagged it and took it down. But this is what they flagged it. This is, an, this is the actual terminology that they use. Person of no consequence. <laughs> and not just that, because they flag it, that doesn't mean it stops being the top Google result. So the top Google result for my name for 1.5 years was, if you Googled Cameron Esposito, it just said, Cameron Esposito, hyphen, person of no consequence. <laughs> kind of tough to use that to get booked. Uh, or to look at yourself in the mirror and just feel all right about yourself. Because, I mean, fuck you, Wikipedia. Yeah, I wasn't a comic yet, but I, st I was still of consequence. How dare you? Thank you. <laughs> awesome. All right, this next comic, she runs a great show here uh, in L.A. at the Nerd Melt Theater that is called The Mo Show. And she's somebody I've known uh, since way back when she lived in Chicago. So let's hear for a really good friend of mine, Miss Mo Welch, guys. Give it up for Mo. Yes. Hello, Fort Lauderdale. How for Cameron Esposito one more time. Yes. Woo! I have had a rough couple of weeks. It's been rough for me. I got my car towed uh, more than a couple times. Three, to be exact. Car towed in L.A. L.A. is the best. Three times, because I'm not a normal person. Can't take care of myself. Uh, it happened uh, three times. It was great. At one point, I was bawling to the city of West Hollywood. I was on the phone. I was like... Just take my car. <laughs> you can have it at this point. Balling while making a latte. My point is I have an espresso machine in my home and I think my life is the worst. That's also when I found out I'm white. I'm in fact a white person. It's happening. But everything's going okay now. I just got a job at Trader Joe's because I just walked in. <laughs> like, all right. Like, you can't expect to walk into Trader Joe's with a Hawaiian shirt and not walk out with a full-time job with Benny's. My life rocks now. It's great. I have a stepmom. Her name is Penny, because of course it is. Because <laughs> she's my stepmom. I have a stepdad. His name is Greg. That is the third most popular stepdad name. Third. Greg and Jerry, just in case you were wondering. And Rick. That equals three. Uh, my stepmom can't walk down the street. She lives in Tennessee. She cannot walk down the street um, without people noticing her because she looks just like Charlize Theron. Charlie Theron? I don't know how to name her. I don't know how to say her. She looks just like Charlize Theron. Mm, yum. All right. Yeah, and Monster. So, yeah. Like, hey, Penny, how's it going? How's it going? Let's go roller skating, CLB. Let's do it. I get accused of being a hipster a lot. 
accusations are harsh. Like anytime anyone's like, you're a hipster, I'm like, I feel like I'm in the crucible. It's like the worst thing in the world. Like, can I just listen to the Bee Gees? It's not ironic. Like, I have a lot of respect for the Brothers Gib. Like, this is just my thing. I love them. I wasn't even accused of being a hipster until my sex tape came out. That was last year. And it was in stop motion. (laughs) So, yeah, Wes Anderson did direct it. And actually, here is a scene of it. What if I just pulled down and it was just fantastic Mr. Fox with a boner? <laughs> He's like, oh. <laughs> yeah. He's so, so crazy. That'd be nuts. <sighs> I'm single. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, and in that order, okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, I did. I get. I got the gay a while ago. I just got it. Got it. Cameron and I shared a kale salad in Chicago. <laughs> Ever since then, <laughs> got the gay. <sighs> I was lying. I have a girlfriend. Um, or as my mom likes to call her, my roommate. Yeah. <laughs> I do. <sighs> my mom also likes to say laughter is the best medicine. She's always like, laughter is the best medicine. It's a great thing you're a comedian. Laughter is the best medicine. But it's proven time and time again that medicine is the best medicine. Because I tried to laugh off a sprained ankle last week and I only ended up peeing all over myself. <laughs> so that's a thing. It's a thing that likes to happen like to do that a little bit. Uh, um, I yeah, used to be Catholic. Anyone else? Yeah. All right. Renounced my religion. Recently, I have renounced my heritage. I'm no longer Irish. <laughs> I've decided against it. Irish people are so proud for no reason at all. They're just like, hey, I couldn't walk home. I dr- drank too many Guinness beers. <laughs> Isn't that funny? <laughs> I can't help it. I'm Irish. I'm Irish. I can do whatever I want. I can fuck up my life. I'm Irish. I can drink a lot. I'm Irish. <laughs> like, you need to go to some meetings, Brendan. <laughs> <laughs> Colin or Seamus. <laughs> I was in Chicago on St. Patrick's Day. And uh, I was by the river. They dye a green in Chicago on St. Patrick's Day. And I saw a grown man talk to his son. And he's like, look, son, they're dying the river. Throws up into the river. Just vomits. Green. Finished his sentence. And I was like, I cannot be part of this Irish nonsense anymore. I am finished with it. Uh, I'm very white trash. My family is very white trash. Uh, sometimes I forget about that, and then I have dinner, and it's always ketchup. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was talking to one of my friends, and she's like, uh, oh, yeah, you know the... Because my dad went to prison, like, a bunch of times for stealing TVs from Sears. You need to know this. Uh, on multiple occasions, same Sears. Uh, and he... My friend was like, oh, yeah, do you know uh, the, the first season of Prison Break was filmed at Joliet State Prison? And without hesitation, I was like, oh, yeah, my dad went there. <laughs> yeah, my dad went there. Like, it was the University of Michigan. <laughs> like, yeah, my dad went there. You know their fight song, Go Wolf, I'm Innocent. <laughs> I was talking to another friend of mine. That's right, I've got two of them. And uh, he graduated with LeBron James. 
And he's like, man, it'd be so cool. Can you imagine if I took up basketball? I could be in the NBA. I could be making millions of dollars. I'm like, yeah, so you're basically saying you want to be LeBron James? Welcome to the club, like everybody. That's so great of you to say. And then I was thinking about it because all my childhood, all I wanted to do was be in the WNBA. Like, I wanted to take that orange and white ball and just, like, cradle it and make it my baby. Like, I loved basketball so much. I wanted cornrows. I wanted it all. Just wanted to be in the WNBA. And then I realized, I was like, man, if I was in the WNBA, I'd be making, like, just as much as a dental hygienist. (laughs) I'd probably still be doing this show in multiple open mics around town. Thank you so much. Have a great night. That's my friend Mo Welch, guys. Get up for Mo. A little, uh, well, a little backstory. I'll give you a little backstory. Uh, before I moved to Los Angeles, I came out here to visit, and I spent. I'm going to tell you this, and you're not going to believe. I spent. Five weeks sleeping in Mo's room in her apartment that she was living in the time. She had a trundle bed. Do you guys know what that is? Yeah. It's a bed, and then there's another teenier bed <laughs> under the bed, and it zooms out. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm sh- like children have them? <laughs> but also Mo, because she's funky fresh. But uh, this is why you should give her another round of applause. I spent five weeks sleeping on her trundle bed in her bedroom. With She let me do that so that I could move here. You should clap for her for that. <laughs> do you understand what I'm describing to you? It's, uh, it was adorable. It was the closest I've ever been to like adult summer camp. <laughs> right? just... She would get in her bed, and then I would just get in my slightly lower bed. And I'd be like, so how was your day? It was pretty good. How was your day? It was pretty good. Okay, earbuds in. Good night! Like, as adults. This was last year. Do, I'm, do you understand? We're, it, we're, he, we're adult humans. So. Wow, you guys don't give a shit. What's up with you? You've just done that? You don't give a fuck? Your lives are just much more interesting. I, I currently live on a trundle. What's going on with you? I spend a lot of time... You guys... A lot of people here live in Manhattan or something. <laughs> Rent out cereal boxes. Actual cereal boxes, not apartments the size of a cereal box. Put actual cereal boxes. Put one on your leg and go to sleep. <laughs> you guys don't understand the struggle that it is to be a comic. That's also like the... Gr- it's a gross... What isn't trundle? It's the grossest word that means adorable bed. <laughs> That you share with a friend. <laughs> Super gross word for that. I feel like they could have done anything else. Even better than that. Okay, cool. You guys seem still on the fence about whether or not that's a... Is it because we're both gay women? Is that what's happening for you guys? I said trundle. I want to know where it got held up for you, where you were like, where you were just like, yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) None of that makes any sense. It's so stupid. Mo is so nice. She's the nicest. And you guys just think she's a regular old gal. (laughs) I had to fit all my denim shirts between her Hawaiian shirts for five weeks. (laughs) 
Maybe you guys don't understand friendship. Okay. We can, we're good. I feel a little bit better. Still worried about you. Because you seem like just vaguely de- detached from, uh, I don't know, just like trundles in general. You just seem like... <laughs> it's the nicest thing. Okay. Well, how are you doing, sir? Yeah? What was your day like? Uh, fine. It was fine? Yeah. What did you do with your day? Oh, you do have a child. HBO also? No, I don't have HBO. Yeah, fuck yeah. You just got that kid. That's that's your HBO money right there. <laughs> you dropped your child off at school, you said? How old is your kid? Four and a half. Four and a half. So, like, so younger person school. Yeah. Preschool? Yeah. That's cool. My mom's, a, my mom's a preschool teacher, so how's yours stacking up? <laughs> do you need any help? I could probably get her in here. She lives in Chicago, but how rich are you? Not very. You don't have HBO. Okay, never mind. <laughs> That's cool. How is it having a four-year-old child? Exhausting. Yeah, I bet. I bet. Uh, yes. Is that you? Just that kid? Other kids? No, just the one. I'm a nanny, also. Uh, yeah. I really am. <laughs> I really am. Like even currently, um, I was a nanny in Chicago for a really long time, and uh, like had a. Uh, I have a six-year-old best friend that I raised. She's the best, coolest. She doesn't have a trundle, otherwise I'd be sleeping there right now. <laughs> She's my best friend. Awesome kid. Uh, best thing in the whole world. Just the best, just the best kid in the whole world. Just like constantly licking things. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like not me, but like exploring bugs by licking them. It's a funny kid. She was also in Catholic. She went to Catholic preschool. And then one day she smashed a bug. And then she looked at me she goes, don't worry about it. It'll come back to life. And I was like, what are they teaching you? <laughs> Just happened that one time for that one guy. And honestly, it's pretty widely debated. So, <laughs> I'm also a nanny. I'm a nanny right now in... Uh, Nanny for a tiny child in Hollywood. He's like, how old is he? Like, just a couple months old. He's teeny. And he's just getting hair on his head and, like, also learning how to hold up uh, his head. And, you know, I saw the most poop I've ever seen (laughs) last week. The most at one time ever. It was shocking. (laughs) It was more than you'd think. Imagine the most poop you've seen. More than that. It's, it's like, it's awesome being with a kid because for me, it really feels like it like centers me and makes me feel like I am, like there's something else going on in my life besides just jokes. Um, but then also it's like a little bit funny because then I have to just like wash my whole entire body because you can't stop with your hands when you've seen that much poop. Even if it doesn't get on you when you've been near it, you're like, oh, good gravy. I have to, good gravy is a gross thing to say just then. <laughs> Yeah, then you just have to shower off your whole body and go tell jokes at night like you haven't seen a lot of poop. You just have to look at people and talk about, like, what are you guys into? Like, you know, whatever, what are adults into? Still poop, right? 
Okay. Well, uh, hey, congrats on being a rad dad. You know what I mean? You're doing a lot of good stuff. You're doing a lot of stuff right. If you're dropping your kid off at school and then coming to see hilarious jokes at night, you're an all right dad. Yeah, round of applause for that dude. That's the... That's a great dude. That's a great dude and a great dad. He's a great dude dad. He's a hell of a dude dad. Hey, uh, this next comic, I'm so excited he could be on the show tonight. He just moved here not long ago from New York, and he's, like, already crushing it. You see him on Comedy Central. He's a hilarious dude. Let's hear from Mr. Matt McCarthy, guys. Give it up for Matt. Non-stop excitement. <laughs> I feel like I've been lied to my entire life. Um, do you guys see these dots all over my arms? <laughs> Those of you listening at home, I am a pale redhead. Those of you here, see these dots all over my arms? <laughs> Went to a doctor once as a very young man, and the doctor said to me, Matt, you have some interesting discoloration on your arms. Do you know what that is? And yes, I did. Because my mother had told me. They're freckles. Yes, but do you know what freckles actually are? They're kisses. <laughs> From God. I said that to a man who went to medical school. And he looks at me and he goes, Oh, no, no, no. 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 That's damaged skin. <laughs> Potential melanoma. Which is a type of cancer. Lolly? I'm trying to be as delicate as I can with this. I, I realized I was probably about 11, 12. I didn't know how to wipe my butt right. I wasn't... So what do you guys do? You sit down. You grab a bunch of toilet paper, you wipe your butt, you drop in the toilet, you go about your life, right? You become a member of society again, right? You don't grab a bunch of toilet paper and then stand up. Right? Right? Is anybody here standing up? Because you're the one they're laughing at. I figured this out when I was 12. Because I was raised by Irish Catholics. They, it might as well have been wolves. They're not going to tell me how to wipe my ass right. That's a weird conversation. So let's just not do it. Because last I knew, like, my grandma or my mom, like, I would stand up, they would help me out, then I'm on my own. I guess I got to stand up. This is what I do, you know? But you don't want to keep your legs together because you, you ink blot. <laughs> right? It's a whole different problem than the original problem. I knew enough to keep my legs apart, so I would stand up like this 
grab the toilet paper and then turn completely upside down and wipe my bum through my legs with all the blood rushing to my face. And this is what I looked like when my sister Colleen walked in and opened the door and said, <laughs> close the door. And I thought, oh no, I'm doing this wrong. <sighs> I was 14. when I realized that girls didn't pee out of their butts. I thought... I thought girls peed out of their butts. All I knew was girls had to sit down when they peed. Well, I had to sit down when I pooped. Well, girls must have to pee out of their butts. A plus B equals girls are peeing out of their butts. And so I'm... 14, guys. I'm in high school. Right? It's like after class. And some, after school, somebody was in like a health class where all the girls could write anonymous questions to the boys and vice versa. And I go, you know what you should write? What's it like to pee out of your butts? <laughs> <laughs> and their reaction was like you know how when you you laugh kind of that husky breathy laugh where you're also trying to say the word what at the same time you're just like <laughs> what <laughs> and immediately I'm like oh my god girls don't pee out of their butts there's no And I go, no, like, as a joke, as a joke, as a joke, you should put it, because, you know, you know. <laughs> the best part of that story is then I, uh, I asked my buddy Luke, and uh, we're both 14, we're just sitting in this diner, and uh, he goes, yeah, no, I, I, if you remember the diagram of the vagina from health the health class book? And I was like, yes, I know that. I know that. I have been studying that diagram. I know it. He's like, the urethra is in the vagina. It's not in the, the butt. And I'm like, he's absolutely right. I'm totally wrong. And then he says, my friend Luke, who's 14, doesn't have a hair on his body. Kind of makes you think twice about eating a girl out, huh? <laughs> So, and he's still single for some reason. All right. Thanks a lot, everybody. I'm Matt McCarthy. You've been wonderful. Guys, Matt McCarthy, let him hear it. Oh, no. That poor, that's a moment. That's like a real moment. That is so, wow, that's so intense. What a great, and look at how, and now he's just, and then he's just, you know, he's still okay. <laughs> that feels like that would be one of those moments where you just go, I, you know what? I'm just going to live it in my room now <laughs> for the rest of my life. 
Guys, we have one final comic on the show. He is a hilarious gentleman. Uh, been on a bazillion television things recently on Conan. And also, what was awesome was uh, he's got a like a teeny... He's got some face checkage in the new Arrested Development, so you should look for him in that. If you're watching it, look for his little face in there. He looks like a charming gentleman, which he is very much. Let's hear from Mr. Baron Vaughn, guys. Give it up for Baron! Come on! One more time, Paul Cameron. She walked out the curtains. She walked out the curtains. Oh, why'd you stop them? Okay. Hi, audience. Oh, good response. Uh, I feel phantasmic tonight. Uh, I'm happy to be here at the uh, UCB. Uh, Stand-up, improv, sketch, love improv, love watching improv, but stories about improv are never good. (laughs) Stories about watching improv are never good. Like, anytime someone tries to tell me one, I'm like, yes, and... Come on, guys. Um, My name is Baron, but I go by Boron when I'm in my element. I, um... I feel great because not only, not only am I perfectly pulling off uh, this look, which is middle school bus driver and his night off, but I am wearing my combo tonight. Ladies, cocoa butter and Old Spice. Or as I like to call it, rugged dessert, because that's the only way to describe the scent as I walk past you and you can't help but go, why does it smell like chocolate chip cookies just bench pressed 250 in here? That's me. And the ladies love rugged dessert. I cannot escape the ladies. Like, especially because it's summer now, you know, and I'm starting to activate, you know what I mean? Get a little glisten. The pheromones come off me, and the ladies come at me like magnets. I go to the left, ladies. I go to the right, ladies. I am trying to sleep, and ladies are all in my face. Ladies, ladies, ladies all over the place. And by ladies, I mean mosquitoes, because <laughs> only female mosquitoes bite. And because of the attention that I get, I try to call them ladies so I feel better about myself. Okay. Um, someone told me I probably get bit up a lot because I have sweet blood, which, number one, from the age of 70 on, that's all I'm calling myself. <laughs> sweet blood Nebuchadnezzar. Nice to meet you, Mr. President. May I present the blues? And then... Also, I feel like it's kind of racist. I feel like it's insect racism. It means that mosquitoes see me and go, a black man, he must have high blood sugar. I've been reading medical journals. Come back here. Where you going, Kool-Aid veins? All right. (laughs) I keep hearing this term, uh, black nerd bandied about. I'm not a fan of it. Uh, I've never called myself a nerd because I lack what I believe is the commitment it takes to be a nerd. Like, I cannot dedicate myself to, like, comics or video games or anything having to do with nerd culture. Like, the only thing I've ever really been able to dedicate myself for my life is, like, naps. And is that a thing? So if it is, I am a sleep nerd. (laughs) It's also called depression. But... Which is new for me, because I'm, I'm black, and black people were not taught about depression. I've only figured this out in the last couple of years. Black people were not taught about depression. We're taught about oppression. Different pression. So it's, like, hard to be, like, turn inward when you're like, it's the man, and he needs to be stopped. But now I know it's like, I'm the man. And I need to be stopped. Like, it's a different... 
and I was talking to a friend about it the other day, and he's like, well, who do you think popularized being a black nerd? Was it like, was it Steve Urkel? Is that how it became a thing? And I was like, uh, Frederick Douglass, number one. <laughs> number two, how dare you throw out Steve Urkel as an actual option? That's a fictional character, sir, okay? Here are some other people you could have picked. Uh, Booker T. Washington, W.E.B. Du Bois, uh, Medgar Evers, uh, James Baldwin, Stokely Carmichael, Bobby Seale, Martin Luther King Jr., Malcolm X, because before Black Nerd, it used to be called Black Leader. And then... <laughs> In the 80s, it became uncool to fucking read. I'm not pointing fingers, but I'm pointing fingers at Crack and Reagan. But for some reason, it was like, what are you doing reading? You want to know about your rights or how the federal government works, nerd. And that kid went inside, told his mom, she's like, don't you worry about them, Barack. And he was like, thank God you're white. Um, really? Okay. <laughs> when a German woman gets a sex change operation, it's referred to as turning that frau upside down. Come on. Come on. That's a tangent. Cosine. Math jokes. Um, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I had this... I'm trying to, um... Uh, climb this ridiculous financial mountain that I've built for myself that it's like, it's, it's, it's kind of awful. Actually, the other day I came home and uh, I, I had a summons taped to my front door because my college is suing me. And uh, it sucks because I wasn't at home to get served. Because if I was home and I opened the door and the person put it in my hand and then told me the catchphrase, I would have done the robot and gone, no, you got served. But I missed out on it. And it's like, how did I get into this situation? Because everybody's questions are basically like, whenever I try to talk about this money stuff, which I am trying to talk about it, trying to empower myself to solve it by talking about it. Because if I continue to sit inside my shame and anxiety, I will continue to behave in the way that made these problems happen in the first place. Because people are very shameful about their uh, finances. Like I realized recently, like I have heard more people tell me, like honestly, uh, like tell me they had an STD than their yearly income. Like, that's how shameful we are about it. And it's not really all my fault, you know. Like, it's a combination of systematic bullshit and being afraid of opening my mail for over a decade. That's kind of what it is. It's like, whoa, those are red letters. I'll put that in the important pile. These letters are even more red to the more important pile. People are like, how did you, why didn't you not do that? But people don't understand that my money's been time traveling. Like, I'm paying for my life now and a life that was lived at 18 and 22 and 25. My money has been so busy traveling to the past, I don't think it's going to make it back to the future. Like, I have a Polaroid of me holding money and the money's disappearing. (laughs) 
Because every time I try to solve one piece, it reveals ten pieces that need to be solved for this one piece. So every piece is like a riddle, you know? It's like, and I'm naive. I think I can just do this one thing. I'm like Indiana Jones with an amulet, and I'm like, I'll just put this in place. Job well done. But then we all know there's 45 minutes left to the movie. Clearly this is only the beginning of the second act. He puts it in place, boulder. And that's what I've been running for him for 14 years. A boulder that also calls me at weird hours of the morning to remind me it's behind me. And that's why my financial strategy has been <gasps> monsters and then I just pull the fucking covers over my head. I have a $1,006 traffic ticket? Yes, one ticket. I'll tell you how. Um, $250 to renew your registration in California. I didn't do it in time. $163 late fee. $413 right there, right? Still did nothing. Because I was like, I should pay for internet instead. And then I got to January and started getting tickets left and right, but only from like parking attendants, like six tickets I got. Then I finally started getting pulled over, got pulled over by a cop that was like, okay, this is a fix-it ticket. You need to fix that, take care of that by March 1st. I'm like, thanks a lot, officer. I really appreciate it. Seriously, though, March 1st, you got to make sure to take care of this by March 1st. I, I appreciate that. I got some Chinese food to get. <laughs> no, seriously, you heard the March 1st thing. Yeah, chips, I got it. <laughs> throw that in my glove compartment, my car breaks for the entire month of February. Mid-March, I go to the DMV like, I should take care of this registration thing. And then I go there, and they're like, oh, you can't pay because you have a ticket, and uh, you didn't go to court on March 1st. And I'm like, oh, that's why he was so adamant about that date. So then I call the court, and they're like, oh, call collections because you missed March 1st. Then I call them, and they're like, that'll be $1,006, please. You know, the most frustratingly specific number ever. I just hate the idea of giving someone $1,000 and them being like, it just feels a little light. I just, I would feel more safe and comfortable if there was like six more dollars. I saw my credit score the other day. That's how I know I need to get everything fixed. My credit score is basically the number three with Spanish exclamation points on both sides of it. Then it says, ay Dios mío, and then Dia de los Muertos is explained through hieroglyphics, emoticons, and wingdings. In closing, I have clear braces because I was tired of my teeth accurately describing my soul, and um, my teeth are moving, so sometimes I wake up with a little blood in the mouth, and uh, the other day was kind of gross, like, there was so much blood in my mouth, like, every sentence I said ended with a period. Um, and scene, good night. In terms of, so you you were just on Arrested Development, yeah. And I know you're constantly auditioning for acting roles, yes. And you were just on a series. How do you how do you balance it all out? Like, how do you feel right now doing stand up? Do you <laughs> feel like that's you... the question I ask myself all the time, Cameron? I feel like what I have done is, first of all, time management is my probably my worst skill. That cannot be true because I it know is. you personally. I, I do so much. And you get so much done. I, but you see, I feel like I don't. And see, that's the other thing. I have this mental block that I'm like, what am I doing? Am I doing anything? Like, I, I honestly last week had a I'm quitting moment. When I got that summons, yeah, I did this pilot, and then I was told, you're probably not going to be in it. They're probably cutting it apart. And I was like, okay, that's not work. And then I came home to, like, a summons on my door, and I'm like, so one day was 
um, you don't got no money. Next day it was like, we coming for your money. And I was like, okay, you know what? I have no consistency to my income. I got to do something else. But I just think that what I need to do is hunker down and I need to manage my time way better because I run around all the damn time. So it's like, I feel like I've spent so much time trying to focus on seven things that I've kind of not really done them all as well as I possibly can. Well, I'm interested to hear you say that because mm -hmm. it, from my perspective, and of course we can't, I don't know everything about your life, but I do know that from my perspective and the things I know about you, it seems like you are really good at doing all those things. So I guess well, maybe thanks. the end result is to just... Uh, cut myself some slack? Yeah, cut yourself <laughs> some fucking slack. I am man. very hard on myself, and that's another I thing I'm trying, really to, get, hard on trying to get better on. Baron Vaughn, guys! <laughs> awesome, guys. That has been our show. You know, we're here every Tuesday night at the UCB Theater, and you can also check us out on iTunes, and you can follow us on Twitter at, at @pyhtshow. Until next week, I'm Cameron Esposito. Have a great rest of your night. Let's hear it for all the comics that you saw, and for yourselves for coming out. Put See you guys your hands together. Put 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 your hands together. Get ready to laugh. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Get ready to clap. Your hands together. Put your hands together. This is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season three has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, season three is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Eight nights. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <coughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Uh, yes, I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. <laughs> Oh. Jesus! I mean, Jazos! <laughs> ruler of the Eighth Circle! And that's just the beginning. Season three of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.